the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Following in the footsteps of Jesus. You ready to do that? Let's talk about that next on Times of Refreshing, huh? Oftentimes, like a trophy or badge, we treat our faith, our Christianity, our salvation as just that, something to place on the mantle. We've done it, now we move on with our lives and nothing changes. Yet, here in Matthew chapter 10, we have a clear call from Christ to follow after him. The question is, are you ready to do just that? Hi, welcome to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. We would invite you to join us again here in Matthew chapter 10 for our message simply called, Are You Ready? Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman now with today's broadcast. Jesus is telling them in the midst of all this stuff, and he says it to them once again, do not fear. And then he tells them that they're more valuable than many sparrows, and the very hairs on their head are numbered. Number. And you guys hear me say this all the time. He knows the number. Number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. When you got your first hair, there are numbers. He knows when 57 fell out. He didn't just say he knows the total. He says they're numbered. So some of us need to ask him to give us about 57 back. (laughs) But... (laughs) But saints, this is, this is what I'm saying to all of us. We have to realize that's how much God cares for us. He knows there's going to be persecution. He knows there's going to be a tough time. He's building you for that. You're built for that. You were born for such a time as this. For such a time as this. He knows what you can handle, what you can't. We're here for this ter- purpose. And he's telling us, don't be afraid. He cares about, if he cares about every sparrow that falls to the ground, he knows it. It's his will. He knows the, it's the will of God. He knows it. For all of us, we have to get this in our mind. I don't care what kind of legislation, what everybody says. It doesn't matter. I'm going to keep on preaching Jesus Christ. Amen. Can I have an Amen. And so this first point we have to see, do not fear. Stop being afraid. Well, Pastor, they taking over. Who taking over? God's purpose is not going to stop. And his plan is not going to stop. And, and I don't care. He, saints, we got to get to a place in our lives where we're so secure in what Jesus says, it doesn't matter what we see with our eyes. Woo, glory to God. I feel this this morning. Deacon Rob, that's why I wore these running shoes today, because I'm going to run in here today. I'm fired up about this message. Let's go. Woo, got my hush puppies on. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Acts chapter 7. Look at this. Acts chapter 7, verse 51 on down to 60. Because now, on a personal level, we're going to also see 
a way in which we're supposed to respond, aside from just realizing that we're not to fear, we also have to make sure that our hearts remain right. Stephen, in the midst of being questioned and giving a beautiful historical account of Israel's history and giving insight in this whole chapter, chapter 7, into God's divine purpose and plan and ultimately bringing Christ into the earth for our redemption. He shares this, and then he begins to say some things that are tough for those that were listening at this moment to hear. We're going to see their response, but we're going to see Stephen's response. Look what he says here. He said, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart, verse 51, and ears. He says, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? Persecution has always been a part of the church. He says, and they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, Jesus, of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. It says, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God, and said, Look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul, who later became the Apostle Paul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Now watch this. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he said this, he fell asleep. He died. He went on to be with the Lord. So this is, this is a powerful picture of persecution that ultimately resulted at a... At, uh, uh, re- re- it resulted in this young man's death. It ended up being that he died. Heavy persecution. And we see something so beautiful here that I think we have to keep in mind. And that is that even in the midst of him being unjustly stoned to death, His heart remained pure, and you see he still had a forgiving spirit. I want you to write that down. Maintain a forgiving spirit. This is important. There's going to be times when you and I are going to be persecuted, and we're going to experience things, and the church is undergoing a lot of that right now. But we're not ignorant of the enemy's schemes and devices. The devil loves nothing more than for us to respond in a way that dishonors God. And the way in which that we keep ourselves pure and clean and our hearts right before God is that we constantly maintain a forgiving spirit. It doesn't mean that you don't know what happened, that what happened wasn't painful, or that that you immediately trust that person who just threw you under the bus or persecuted you or whatever. 
But it does mean that our hearts are constantly in a position where we're not going to respond in the same spirit that's been released against us. And this is critical. This is critical. I think this is so important. We have to maintain a forgiving heart, and we have to make sure that our spirits are right in the sight of God. This man is dying, and it says that the last words that come out of his mouth were, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. The same way that Jesus said what he said when he was on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It's the heart of God for us to maintain. When you're experiencing persecution on a personal level, and then as a church community, we have to see in church worldwide. If we start getting angry at at all the government and, and these people and that people and hate them all. Lord, send fire and burn up everybody. If we start praying prayers like that and getting mad and bitter and angry, then what happens is we start getting defiled. It doesn't mean that we don't acknowledge the wrong that's done or understand that this is persecution, but you can acknowledge something that is wrong and still keep a smile on your face and still have your spirit right in the sight of God. But when we start allowing anger and bitterness and hatred and it causes us to lash out and to and to say things and to do things that we shouldn't do that are contrary to God's will then we've allowed the devil to win he didn't get you out the church he just defiled you in it can I have an amen y'all now everybody in the churches we need to put our fighting clothes on I'm tired of this. We're going to do something. And the next thing you know, people start getting mad and bitter and angry. You can have a righteous indignation towards sin, which we all should have, without becoming bitter and angry and hateful. And then the next thing you know, we start doing what some of these people who say they're Christians are doing at some of these funerals and in places. Where they're going there and picketing and, and God going to kill all y'all. You know what I mean? Start saying things that it is not, it's not God. Why? Because the person got bitter. They don't read their Bible to see how you respond to things like this. And it doesn't mean we need a righteous indignation. We should be mad. But our heart should remain pure. Lord, help these people. Lead them to repentance. Help them to come clean with their lives and help them to overcome the sin in their lives and, and purify their hearts. And Lord, we forgive them for the way in which they responding to us and they and they calling us wackos and, and everything on TV and they're doing all this stuff. And, and Lord, just look, keep our hearts pure. So that when God gives us opportunity to minister to people like this, we're not doing it out of anger. You need to come to church. You think so? You, yeah. Because you're going to die. We're looking at people all mean and stuff. People, oh, because the person is bitter, angry. I'm tired of people talking about Jesus and talking about God and, and, and treating us like we you know vagabonds and we nobody's in the earth and we got something to give back and they don't want to receive, so forget all of them. And we start going through this diatribe within our minds and hearts. And saints, listen. We're going to defend and love the truth of God's word. But let me say this about Jesus. You know, Jesus is alive. And he's not a Buddha or, a you know, some other false god. If he wants to get somebody back, 
He knows how to do it. Just read the book of Acts. Keep reading. So what I'm saying is I don't need to, to come on and become some personal vigilante to defend Jesus. And I'm going to pray for people and I'm going to say, well, I warned you. And then let Jesus do what he's going to do. But if we get to the place where we start to take it personal and start to get bitter and angry. And yes, we should be defenders and lovers of the truth of God's word. But we do it with a heart that's pure in the sight of God. Not out of bitterness and anger and hatred. We do it out of love. Can I have an amen? amen? And so this is what this man of God does. And I think for all of us, we have to develop this. We don't fear as we're living in this culture. And we do not allow ourselves to become defiled. We maintain a heart of forgiveness and purity in the sight of God. And then we watch God continue to use us the way he wants to. Look at Acts chapter 8, verse 1 on down to 8. This is another powerful response. It says, now Saul was consenting to his death, as Stephen's death. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. They were unjustly being thrown into prison. This Saul, it says here, made havoc of the church. Persecution like we've never seen. Look at verse 4 though. Therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them and the multitude with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying out with loud voice, came out of many who were, who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Our response, response number three, is to keep preaching and demonstrating God's power. This is what they did. This is what we do. We keep it simple. We don't fear people. We make sure that our hearts are pure. We don't become bitter and angry. And we, and we maintain a, a heart of forgiveness towards people and the culture. And then we just keep preaching Jesus. Preaching the word of God. And demonstrating God's power to a dying world that's looking for the power of God. It says here, verse 4, Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. It didn't just say that the pastor went and preached. It says all these people that were full of the word, they went out and they start sharing the word. You know, I think it's important that we realize that. If the devil gets you to shut your mouth and stop sharing the gospel, then he's got you. We got we to make sure it's clear that in this house, we're going to keep preaching the, the word of God. We're going to keep talking about Jesus. I don't care what they say that we're going to train up. We're training up our kids to, right now to know the word of God. We're training our teenagers to know the word of God. That the word of God is going to come out. Can I have an amen? And that's what we, that's what we do here. 
And that's what people have to know, that we're not going to stop talking about Jesus Christ of Nazareth who died and was buried and he was raised on the third day for our justification and he's sitting on the right hand of the Father and he's there as our advocate and he sent his spirit into our hearts as, as, a, as a confirmation and as a comforter. And we're not going to stop talking about the realities of the gospel. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And I think it has to be clear that this is what they did. They got scattered. But they kept on preaching. They kept on telling people about Jesus. I'm telling you, keep talking about Jesus. Don't, don't, don't hide him. Don't, don't say, well, he's my co-pilot. No, 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 he's my Lord. He's driving this ship. He's in the driver's seat. We have to understand that this is, this is a part of our life. We can't be ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation to all those who believe. To the Jew first and then also to the Greek. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We got to make sure we get out there and continue to share our faith with people. Don't hold back from sharing your faith. Now, he who wins souls is wise. We want God to lead us just like he said. He'll give us what to say. But saints, there has to be something in our hearts that says, I am going to tell people about Jesus. And this is what they did in the midst of persecution. And it says in verse 7, For unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was great joy in that city. Deliverance in the power of God came to that city, and there was great joy in that city. The Word of God came. Then comes the power of God. Then comes deliverance. Then comes healings. And then comes more joy. It's, it, for us, it's the same thing. We got to cast out devils. That's the, these demons are what's, what's causing people to do a lot of the stuff that we see going on. We need to rise up, preach Jesus, and then start casting the devil out of people. Can I have an amen? That when they come to the house of God, they get deliverance. And that there's freedom there. Freedom from drugs and pornography and lust and filth and perversion and from hatred and bitterness and anger and jealousy and all these things that clog us all up and stop us from having an intimacy with Jesus. We need to get freed from this stuff. We got churches that are packed of people that are, that are all messed up. And, and why am I still struggling with this? You need deliverance. You need to get these demons out of your life and out of your house, out of your marriage, and out of your mind so you can be free to do what Jesus asked you to do. Can I have an amen in here? This, we can't be afraid to talk about the devil. We need to pull the cover off of him and set the captives free in the name of Jesus. Woo, glory to God. And this is what he did. Then they started healing people. The power of God was released, and people started getting powerful deliverances and healings in their lives. This is what we need. We need this back in the church. We need this to be proclaimed. We can't pull back because of persecution. We got to go forward because of the persecution. We got to pray like they prayed in Acts chapter 4. And the Holy Spirit fell upon them, and then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and God started to use them in him even more. God, God, I'm asking the Lord to pour out His Spirit upon us afresh. In the midst of all this, Lord, release your Spirit. And we're going to talk about you. We're going to preach about you. We're going to prophesy about you. We're going to see people's delivered and healed. And as we band together in this, this is what God will do. But are we ready? Saints, are we ready? 
Are we ready to respond to persecution the way it should be responded to? Or are we going to start compromising the gospel and in our hearts and minds because we'd rather be popular than obedient? I'd rather be popular than obedient. I don't want to, I want everybody to be my friend. So we have people, all kinds of people packing the churches, but who's converted and who's repented? We, we preached acceptance without repentance. There's no acceptance without repentance. You can't come to the Father except through Jesus Christ. And the way that you get Jesus Christ in your life is that you've got to release your faith and repent. That means to stop, change your mind, and go in a different direction. But what we've said is you just come to church and you're going to be all right. Well, that's not the gospel. At some point in time, you've got to stop. I've got to repent. I've got to believe the gospel, and I've got to follow Jesus. He said, you've got to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. That's what the words of Jesus. That's repentance. I've got to stop. Well, it's hard. Yeah, it is hard. But Jesus is going to give you, if you want to stop and change your mind and go in a different direction, Jesus is going to give you the power to do it. But we preached a gospel of acceptance without repentance. So people think the church is a joke. And it's just a social club. It's just some place that you go to feel good to hear an inspirational message. And then go out and keep living like the devil. But that's not the church of Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? Can I talk about this this morning? I felt it. This is all the notes I got. God said, I'm going to fill you. Just go ahead and speak. Say, what happens? We have to get to a place. We got to get to a place where it's, it's just not, I, I'm, I, I want to be a person that realizes that it's going to cost me, but I'm ready. Persecution may come. I'm ready. And I'm going to keep a smile on my face. Nothing personal. This is just what Jesus said. He's the king. He's the Lord. He's the Lord most high. And what he says goes. And so, saints, today I want to challenge you. And I, as I'm challenging myself, are you ready? Are you ready in your family? Are you ready on your job? Are you ready in the community? Are you ready in America? Are you ready in Africa? Are you ready in Japan? Are you ready wherever God sends you? Are you ready to stand with Jesus and identify with Jesus? Many people say that, that they are. But the Bible says that in the last day, there's going to be a great falling away. Why is it going to be a great following? Because people, they're not ready to, to follow through with Jesus when it gets rough and tough. And people are not patting you on the back and telling you how great your church is and how, oh, I just love your preaching. What, what about the messages that you don't like? Well, what you doing with those teachings? What about those ones that make you kind of squirm in your seat? What about those ones? What about the people, the people that, what about those messages that make you just want to cry? What about the ones that, that hit you right between the eye and cause you to see that, wait a minute, man, I need to repent. Do you like those two? Because those hurt real good. But they're necessary. Because at the end of the day, it's not a popularity context. 
Are you obedient to Jesus? When it's all said and done, will you be able to look? Oh, man, I just feel it. Almost bring me to tears. Whew. Will you be able to look Jesus in the eye and say, Lord, I didn't turn my back on you. I didn't give in to the pressure of the world to start compromising your message so everybody would like me. I stood with you. Will you be able to look Jesus in the eye and say, Lord, I stuck with you. Lord, help us. And you're listening to Pastor Napoleon Kaufman here today on Times of Refreshing. Our desire is to see you grow in Christ through the daily ministry of God's Word. And as you take time to spend with us studying God's Word, we trust you are being encouraged in Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests, as always, we love hearing from you. It means a great deal to us knowing that these programs are having their desired effect on your life, spurring you on in Christ, love, and good deeds. You can reach out to us by phone, 925-292-7800, 925-292-7800, or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Nissan Drive. Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You're also welcome to visit our website, thewellchurch.net. It's a great place to visit if you would like information regarding who we are, where we meet, what we're about. Past sermons are available online there, as well as our online store. And you can even get connected with us there. Again, thewellchurch.net. Now, normally at this time, I would invite you to join us for worship here at the well. But at least until May 1st, because of the COVID-19, we're not available to do that at this time. What we are available to do is invite you to join us on either our church app, at our website, thewellchurch.net, or on our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory, And remember to be faithful as well during this time of challenge with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we are praying and standing on His truths during this time and remembering that God is in control, and we're praying for you. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. God bless.